la 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 Hello, I'm Joe Watson. And I'm Josh Newman. And this is Literally, What Does That Mean? The show where we take pop culture references a little bit too literally. He said I've been to the year 3000. Not much has changed, but they live underwater. And her great, great, great granddaughter is pretty fine. She's pretty fine. Just a disclaimer there that... uh. That wasn't the real song. We don't want to get I mean, into yeah, that. If you couldn't her. tell um, <laughs> that excellent rendition. <laughs> yeah, you know, we uh, we don't want to get done for licensing. So this week, our focus is on the infamous Busted song, Year 3000. Great song. It is, isn't it? Part of my song. childhood, really. Yeah, yeah, well, it was it was released back in 2003, so it's been a while. It's been a mm. while since, since, since it, was, it came out, and it's given us time to reflect upon the sweeping generalities, gen- generalizations that it... Mm. Um, yeah, I think as a child I didn't notice, you know, how difficult this song is to understand. Well, how ridiculous this song is. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, think, I think as we'll hopefully show today, actually, this this song is totally coherent and is meant very literally. Yeah. So just an overview of the song. It starts off with one day, which is sort of a very normal, normal thing that we've all experienced, a normal day. <laughs> and you come home at lunchtime, I mean... Very lucky that he's able to do that, really. <laughs> uh, and he hears a funny noise, which is that's this is where this is where the story of the song really starts to get yeah. a bit iffy. So he goes out <laughs> to the backyard to see if it's one of those rowdy <laughs> boys. Reading the lyrics. <laughs> so basically, the singer goes out to the backyard and he finds his neighbour Peter, um, who has actually built a time machine out of a flux capacitor. Um, and the only other, you know, flux capacitor is used in Back to the Future, so, yeah. Well, very credible. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And um, so he's built this time machine, and he tells him that... He, Peter tells the singer that uh, he's been to the year 3000, and he's describes it a little bit, which we'll touch on, and then he's also met the singer's great-great-granddaughter, who... No, great-great-great-granddaughter. Yeah, three-three-three. Three-greats, yeah, yeah. And he, she's... He remarks that she's pretty fine. But do they mean great... Great, great, or she's great, your great, great granddaughter. Oh, well, we'll have well, to cover that later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 But controversial. Yeah. So, as we all know, uh, Busted is a, is a trio. There's James Bourne, uh, Matt Willis, and Charlie, whatever his name is. Charlie's <laughs> the one we all hate because Charlie's the one that left the band. So, oh, did he we go could, to could, Fly? No, he didn't get to Fly. He, he, started, he started a band called like Fight Star or something. Okay, God yeah. awful like that. But anyway, we don't like it. Okay, yeah. Um, and it was released in 2003, but the song, as we found out, was actually written by James Bourne. Who, yeah, mainly James Bourne. I, I would argue is, is is the sort of quieter of the three. I really? don't know what he's up to now, other than reforming Busted, but oh, really there's, there's a gap of 14 years there where I don't really know what happened to him. <laughs> actually, you know a lot more about Busted than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as James Bourne uh, predominantly wrote the song, I think we're going to assume that He's the uh, the person who goes outside and meets his neighbour, Peter. So I think the blindingly obvious question that we need to tackle first is, how on earth Peter built this time machine? Yeah, well, I just assume it's watched Back to the Future, and that gives you in-depth scientific knowledge on how to... Does it really go into details? I mean, well, I've seen it for a few years, and my, my memory's a little bit hazy, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... It's obviously able to travel both forwards and backwards in time because he can go to oh, three and back. come back. Yes. Yeah, so and it's quite precise as well because he's been able to. Well, I assume he specified the year three thousand. Yeah, and he's also able to specify January two thousand and three. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's quite um, quite specific. Quite sophisticated piece of machinery. Mm. I mean, what do we feel about time travel? I mean, I know Einstein, the great, did yeah. some of this, yeah. did some work on this. He did. Um, Einstein hypothesised that space-time could be bent by certain forces. He posited that gravity mm. could bend space-time. And that's what you see when you look at, at the sun... Um, Light can actually bend around it, and that's to do with light only travels in a straight line. Yeah. So if light is bending around the sun, it's because the um, space before it is bent, so space-time is bent itself. Yeah. So right. basically, time is not constant. Exactly, right? exactly. So time can go at different rates. But so I mean, I'm not exactly sure whether space-time being bent means it can bend all the way back and all the way forwards yeah, I in mean, that sort of dynamic way that these guys are proposing. I mean, the energy and or mass, I mean... Yeah, yeah. what well, E equals MC squared, as <laughs> exactly, we all know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the energy needed is huge. And, you know, Peter's managed to do this in his backyard. Yeah, well, I mean, Peter must be a very clever boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yes. But, um, I mean, I think that what we can be sure of, though, is that although we, we're not physicists, we don't understand this, nope, we don't understand how... <laughs> how Peter did this, but we know this has been done both by the guys in Back to the Future and also by Peter, so I think the flux capacitor must work. Well, that's nearly triplicate. That's nearly, like... Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. scientifically significant. Scientifically valid, yeah. It's yeah, better <laughs> than my science. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we can leave our uh, discussions of time travel at this juncture. Yeah, I'm definitely not an expert in that chapter. <laughs> I think one of the most intriguing lines in this song is the one where it refers to the fact that they're now living underwater mm, yeah a big change it is a big change yeah i mean I've, I've not really noticed anybody getting to those depths just yet no um let alone living living at that in those situations no and it says they live underwater which does seem to refer to just about everyone it sounds like yeah quite a community it's not saying some of these people live underwater it's no no it's like a whole whole city whole yeah yeah or well, maybe even the whole world i mean who knows the whole world potentially yeah but it's, it's not very clear really it doesn't give us much insight into that new reality no i mean i think we have to kind of it's quite vague we need to define a cutoff but we were talking between ourselves before the show and we're thinking really that a two-story house the average two-story house is the minimum water level it is the minimum yeah yeah to say that people are living underwater yeah. i think if yeah. it was a single-story house then people who have two-story house it's quite a lot of people you know they would spend some of their time underwater, but basically they're going to live in the dry. I agree, but then also you've got to think about people that are working. Like, are they work? People working office blocks, people working skyscrapers in the city. Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot higher, but yeah, I mean, you could have J.P. Morgan and their skyscraper in there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and but we don't want to get ridiculous. In this <laughs> no, show. No, I mean, no, we no, never no. want to take <laughs> things too far in this show. Too, too literally, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. You know, it's a conservative estimate, it's a two-storey house, and the average two-storey house we found, according to the internet, is uh, seven metres in height. Um, and Which isn't that deep, actually. No, but then yeah. I think we also need to take into account that sea level currently is, we don't all live at zero sea level. Mm. So, I mean, we're assuming that Peter, in the year 3000, has gone back to the same place he's at now, which is... I think it's, that's how the flux capacitor works. Yeah. I've seen Back to the Future, I'm pretty sure they go back to the same place. Yeah, exactly, I think so too. Well, anyway, we'll, know, we'll assume that we'll for, assume for the that. sake of argument. But yeah, so I mean, busted as we all know from Southend on Sea. Um, as, yeah, as in, we all know in yeah. Essex, and uh, so the average—I mean, it is near the sea. So the average height above sea level is thirty-one meters in uh, Southend on Sea, which gives us a total of thirty-eight meters of water. Yeah, for Southend yeah. to be under underwater. I mean, is that a feasible amount of sea level rise? Yeah, I mean, so we we try to model this a little bit and try and work out. So the current rate of sea level rise globally is uh, one point eight millimeters per year, um, and 
we so between 2003 when the song was released and um and the year 3000 is obviously 997 years which is 1.79 meters which is definitely not, quite not the 38 meters when when we need so maybe no so something clearly has happened yeah maybe there's been a reason why they've had to relocate yeah. to the sea well, well i think actually though i did a little bit more reading and i think it is possible that the the rate of sea level rise does increase i mean we just take into account the level of carbon dioxide in the air. I mean, I looked at some of the previous uh, periods of, of history, and if you look at the uh, the Eocene epoch of history... Um, Very well pronounced. <laughs> is it a posh epoch? I don't know. But, you know, so this is uh, 56 to 33.9 million years ago, and within this is the uh, the Cenozoic era, <laughs> which had very high temperatures, 30 degrees globally, with actually very little difference between the, the poles and the equator. That sounds glorious. Yeah, I know, but what's <laughs> important here is that the carbon dioxide was about 800 um, parts per million uh, in this period. And uh, actually, you know, it's possible that by the year 3000, we could have that level of carbon dioxide in the air. Uh, in fact, I was reading one interesting article, and uh, he was arguing that we might reach 1,000 parts per million by 2300. I mean, so, if we did that, then surely we're going to be having a, a significant rate of sea level rise compared to now and if not before back then in this exactly so maybe it's possible i mean well, well I mean, it I must mean, be actually it must be possible i mean we can't question that validity this is a very scientific source yeah it? and we know the sea level has risen at least 38 meters yeah yeah in yeah next thousand yeah. years um which is you know it's frightening yeah south end on sea underwater what a terrible thought south end under sea <laughs> south end under sea <laughs> um, <laughs> i suppose we also need to question that is there enough ice to make that much water um, I think so. I mean, the poles are pretty. Um, are pretty. Yeah, there's a lot of ice there. There is. Yeah, I mean, it's estimated that there's about eighty meters worth of um, ocean rise, sort of pent oh, up in, in the. Mm, in, okay, in, in the so actually, caps. it's perfectly feasible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, unfortunately, you know, it seems like this reality is, is is quite real. So this future is clearly a realistic prob- probability in the, in, the, in the, well, the not too distant future according to uh, peter exactly and james bourne mm. um but what would that actually entail what would living underwater actually mean for the human race yeah and there's lots of facts you've got to you've got to consider when you're thinking about this question first being <laughs> firstly wrinkly hands i mean <laughs> wrinkly <laughs> hands yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but breathing i think is the main issue we've got to consider in this because i mean we can't breathe underwater i don't know whether you've ever noticed that before. yeah i tried in the bath last night i mean i think there are a few different possibilities that we can consider this means living underwater first off somehow in the future we've evolved gills that mean we can live underwater and mm. Gillyweed, even. Gillyweed, gillyweed, yeah very very oh that's around. another episode right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the second possibility is that they've somehow created some kind of ecosystem underwater where it's very sort of Eden Project-like mm. domes, which I feel like is a Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say, actually, that they're swimming underwater. It doesn't. It they doesn't could say be that living anywhere. in air, just underneath the water. Yeah, I think they've left it open to interpretation as not to ruin the surprise for us in the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I think we also need to consider, you know, the the need for certain vitamins which they might not get underwater. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm, vitamin C, vitamin D, well, vitamin D C. especially. I mean, yeah, 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 well, that comes from sunlight, so yeah, we don't want people to be getting rickets. Mm. Apart from actually high in oily fish, so maybe they've just, oh, yeah, yeah probably just moved to a fish-based diet, actually. But it's possible that somehow they're still in contact with the, the surface life, the, the real world. Is... Yeah, they could be bringing stuff down, I suppose. Um, 
I mean, I wonder how they do that, how they get there. Yeah, you need some kind of shuttle service. Personal song, Bojo McBoface. Bojo McBoface. Yeah, yeah, for oh. those of our listeners who don't know, Boat and McBoatface is a new little submarine. Yeah, uh, well, what, what else would you call a little submarine than Boat and McBoatface? Yeah, yeah. Glorious yeah. name. We'll all have our own personal Boat and McBoatface. Yeah, yeah, just shuttle us to the surface when, when the time comes. <laughs> when we need our vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not get carried away here. There's, there is an important caveat to this, this whole living in the water. Yes, art. I did think we'd need to discuss this. Yeah. I'll, I'll, just quote, I'll just quote the song again. Not much has changed... But they live underwater. Mm. Not much has changed, apparently. I think that's actually the really interesting line. Well, I think that gives away a lot of a lot of um, the climate and the environment that they're living in. That sort of yeah, yeah. I mean, not much has changed. So we actually we decided we needed uh, more information on this. So we turned to the music video, which actually thankfully has. Mm. Uh, so later in the song, uh, the whole of Busted go to the year three thousand with Peter, and they which is they, very useful for our. For it our is memes. useful because they filmed their time there and. Uh, I mean, what's startling is actually it looks like quite a lot has changed. I mean, I think most notably there are a lot of aliens about. Well, I mean, have you not noticed those in the streets? Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> You've actually not been looking hard enough, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think that, you know, not much has changed, but they live underwater. It kind of presupposes that, but they live under the living underwater, it's the only real notable change. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I would say, but they live underwater and there are aliens. Oh, yeah, by the way, they're if, aliens. Yeah, yeah. It might be a bit less catchy, but more factually correct. Exactly. So I think maybe, I mean, I don't want to go too far, but maybe it means that actually there are already aliens in Southend-on-Sea. Now, I have been to Southend-on-Sea. That's my terrible confession of the day. (laughs) Uh, And um, it's a pretty weird place. I think I went Mm. to an amusement park. Mm. So there's lots of weird-looking things there. Yeah, that could have been I quite easily could have rationalised those in my mind. So I'm, I'm very open to this suggestion. Yeah, so actually we, we thought we needed to do some more research into this. It's quite a, an interesting idea, really. So we, we had a look at the, uh, the South End UFO group, who are uh, a group of, you know, really uh, uh, exciting people who are trying to, they're reporting and they're discussing uh, different UFO sightings. And unfortunately, we tried to get in contact with them. We wanted to know whether, whether there was particular activity around the year of 2003, but unfortunately they, uh, they didn't respond. So we did what any budding young UFO UFO sighter would do, (laughs) and we Googled them. And actually, they say on the website that there's a lot of activity in this area because it's so close to London. Mm. And it was first picked up in the the 1970s, the early 80s. Since then, there's been lots of sightings um, around the area, and there's loads of information online about what they've seen. Mm. And they also claim that there's a secret military base uh, nearby, uh, and, you know, it's possible that Aliens might have landed there or be kept there. Or... Is this the new Roswell? I think you have to ask. It may well be. Yeah, indeed. Are they hiding mm. these alien creatures from us, ready to spring on us when we have to live underwater? Yeah, we tried to contact uh, MI6 about this secret military base, but unfortunately, they were they weren't forthcoming, were they? No, for some bizarre reason. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, so they they mentioned that there's a lot of activity in South End on Sea, uh, and I think it's also important to note that they are a really reliable source. They say on their website, and I quote, um, we make no extravagant, extravagant claims regarding the subject, but rather deal with the facts and evidence that surround the sightings. So actually, you know, this is, yeah, this is reputable, reputable. reputable, reputable sources. Um, no fake news here. No. So we had a look at, uh, at some of the sightings. They thankfully uh, report a lot of the sightings that they see. And um, there was one in uh, July 24th, 2013, on, in a place uh, in Southend called Canvey Island. 
And uh, this writer says that uh, three very bright lights in a triangular formation um, were seen. And he goes on and says, they became very bright as I was watching. Uh, yeah, so I mean... But there's not the um, only time that these kind of lights have been spotted in Camby Island. Mm. And whilst no sightings have been reported on this website in 2003... When the song was released. When the song was released, there are sightings from 1997 mm. from two police sergeants, which I think... Yeah, this really more validates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And they reported seeing a thin white object for 10 minutes above the skies above Canby Island. 10 minutes is a I long mean, time. A thin white object. I mean, that could only really be UFO. I can't think of anything else that that could possibly fit the description of. No. And I mean, while we have to note here that these aren't the same, uh, you know, the aliens in the in the video from the year 3000 are, are not three white dots or thin lines. They're much more, you know, characteristic aliens. But I think we could possibly postulate that this is their spacecraft making contact with Earth. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, and, they're, and they're getting in touch with the military, military base and hmm. they're preparing themselves for the impending apocalypse that will undoubtedly happen. Yeah, so, I mean, we, <laughs> we know. So, uh, what's good is that we know that, you know, aliens were there in 1997 and they're still there in Canvey Island by 2013. So, actually, you know, it's likely that they were there when James Bourne was, uh, you know, writing this song. So, therefore, he wasn't he wasn't uh, surprised when he went to the year 3000 that there were there were still uh, aliens. There. And I think my favourite part of this website is the fact that they, they sort of invite people to feed back to them and um, they say, we always like to hear from our visitors both on and off the planet. Mm, I mean, that's pretty strong evidence. That's pretty right. telling. I mean, I feel that's a, that's a bit of a, a slip-up on their part, sort of revealing the, the, the truth of the matter and revealing yeah. that... Not only does the aliens exist, but they can also mm. use Wi-Fi. Yeah, and if we, I mean, it says we always like to hear from our visitors both on and off planet, which does infer, I think we can infer that they have heard from their visitors off the planet. I completely agree. Mm. I'm a little bit scared. Well, yeah, let's not go to <laughs> South End. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's it's great news, actually, that we've uncovered something really exciting about South End. Definitely, and Buster were just trying to tell us about it from the start. So then the, the final overarching question of, of this song refers to his great-great-great-granddaughter. Who's pretty fine, I think. Who is pretty fine, but we're not really sure what great-great-great-granddaughter is actually referring to. Is it referring to a lineage thing? Is it the great-great-great-granddaughter in that sense? Mm. Or is she just great? Or is she just pretty great? She's really, really, really great. Yeah, yeah. But I think for the purposes of um, this podcast and the purposes of the song, they are referring to heritage and lineage. Yeah, so it's it's a great-great-great-granddaughter. Which yes. means it's his child's 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 daughter. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right, right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I think we need to, to question, you know, whether this is feasible. That seems like not that many generations no, to, uh, to cover a thousand years, but, well, 997 years. Um, so, we were sort of questioning this, you know, James Bourne was 20 in uh, 2003. And we're assuming that he's, he, he is I, he is yeah. the first person narrative in this song. Yeah, so therefore it's five generations in 997 years. And, you know, it's not just about the the, the age of each generation, but it's also about the kind of age of fertility. And yeah, therefore, you know, controversial, but we've, we've decided the most likely scenario is that um, it's going through the male lineage, as you know, with the help yeah. of, you know, certain prescription medicines. Um, Damn the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But with the help of some uh, medicines, you know, yeah, it's possible for men yeah, to, to, to enhance that kind of um, yeah. but then, virility. That's the word I'm not Virility, for. yeah. Virility. But, you know, they're <laughs> fertile for the whole of our lives, actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely not more than women. We don't have a menopause, so... Yeah, and you know, well, that might change valid. in the next thousand years. I think 
That's the most likely scenario. Yeah, definitely. So therefore, we need to... If we assume that every generation um, impregnates, you know, just before they die... just before they die. Exactly, yeah. Then we did, we did a little bit of maths, actually. Um, so we had to look first at the, uh, the life expectancy of James Bourne. Um, you know, first, so he was born in 1983. And in 2014, so people born in 2014, males uh, lived on average or are expected to live until they're 79.3 years of, old, of age. And uh, this was in 1983 when James Bourne was born. Um, is, uh, he was expected to live to 72.1. So he, you know, gives birth at the age of 72.1. And his son uh, goes on to... To uh, in, so he gives birth in 2059, and his son goes on to give birth uh, at the age of 93 in 2152. His son, 121 years old, gives birth in 2273, and this is a uh, James Bourne's grandson at this yeah. point. And the child that this grandson gives birth to lives to 2431. I mean, he's 158 when he gives birth. Um, yeah, and this great grandson. Sorry, this is. This is getting long-winded. I mean, <laughs> I thought this was going to be more exciting I'm than this. <laughs> but his great-grandson gives birth in 2,431. His great-great-grandson uh, lives to 206 years of old. First person to break the 200 barrier. And he uh, dies and gives birth in 2,637. And because he's the great-great-grandson, he must give birth to a daughter at this point. So, um, Oh, yeah, definitely. He gives birth to the great-great-great-granddaughter in 2,637. But, I mean, so we looked at also the ageing, uh, women live slightly longer than men, and uh, she dies at the age of 275. But this is actually in 2,912. And also, let's, let's be honest, I've seen the video, and Peter, in the video, is sort of 20 years old. He's the same age as Busted. Yeah. He's gone to the future, and he's looked, and he's, and, okay, he might be a few years off, and he's looked for their great-great-great-granddaughter. Yeah, who we think is, you know, 200 Who is nearly 300, 300 years old. <laughs> And he's looked at her and he's like, oh, that's pretty fine. Mm. I, I mean, think we've got a question if anything's wrong with Peter. <laughs> I mean, you do build a time machine in his back garden. He doesn't sound like the most Yeah, he doesn't sound the most conventional kind of person. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I so. agree. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're not, we're not too far off here. 2,912, we expect his great-great-great-granddaughter to but die. But the song is called The Year 3000, so I think they're being very specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the year 3001. It's not the year mm. 3000, 2912. It's the year 3000. Yeah. But it's possible we've got, you know, we did these calculations pretty professionally, but, but we might have got these and, wrong. And of course, these are just projections. So Exactly. They, they might have lived longer yeah, than they could expected. Have some kind of mutations, which means they live yeah. longer than the average. We might go into genetics, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, the more likely scenario is just they froze some sperm somewhere along the line. No, that's probably it. Yeah, artificial insemination. That's not what it's called in humans. IVF. <laughs> <laughs> They're not cows. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. I think that's um, yeah, it's more feasible. I mean, I was going to go into necrophilia, but I, maybe That not. is not an avenue you want to go down, Joe. No, this is a family-friendly this, this podcast. This really isn't a family-friendly podcast, <laughs> but that's also not, not okay. <laughs> no, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose we need to think if there's a bit more of an increase than expected, how that happens. I mean, yeah. partly better healthcare, I think. Better healthcare, better quality of life, better general, better healthy, healthier eating. There's all, all these different factors that contribute towards reducing yeah, yeah. our lifespan in a minute. Yeah, or maybe just living underwater, actually. Well, you know, maybe, maybe helps yeah. longevity. I mean, how long do fishies live? Fishies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, mine have never lived longer than... Um, I just think that's, that's, that's your problem. <laughs> 
I mean, actually, just thinking about it, this fits quite well with what you research. It does. That's for the deep end, Jen. <laughs> yeah, so the lab that I work in looks at ageing in, in worms. Mm. These tiny little nematodes that you can only see under the microscope. And um, you can actually extend their lifespan significantly by altering some of their genes. So some of the genes in the insulin signaling pathway, if you knock them out or alter them, you actually increase Boring. lifespan by about... <laughs> but maybe, maybe James Bourne's family mm. have diabetes or something or some terrible insulin signaling-related problems. Or your PhD might lead to uh, increased longevity. Yeah, I think essentially what the song is about, the implications of my PhD. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where that goes. <laughs> so I think we... Um, We've solved it this week, you know, quite a simple episode. I think I think this song is literal. I think it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. We don't need to stretch our imagination too far to believe it can happen. I completely agree. Um, and if we sort of summarise what we've learned today, we've learned that it's feasible to live underwater. Yeah. In a dome, maybe. With yeah. gills, maybe. With gillyweed. Yeah, yeah, indeed. One of those three feasible options. Aliens exist because of this secret military base in the South End, on, South End on, sea. on Sea. Probably not elsewhere, but, you know, Probably not there elsewhere. we go. There aren't many secret mm-hmm. military bases. Well, the we... <laughs> <laughs> um, so the aliens exist and they will be underwater with us yep. and lastly it is very feasible that James Bourne's family will sort of extend to the year 3000 with the great 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 granddaughter mm. because of progress in the fertility field yeah and Peter being a bit of a weirdo and Peter being a bit of a pretty fun. Yeah, a bit of a what do they call it a cougar lover that's not what they call it <laughs> <laughs> one of those yeah yeah so I think yeah a comprehensive week, really. We've cracked it. So, yes, yeah, so thank you to, for listening to the podcast uh, this week. It's been uh, a joy of a, a topic to research, really. Yeah, and we hope it's been a, as much of a joy for you to listen to. Yeah. Although and, that's uh, probably doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and please listen next week. Um, <laughs> so, please do subscribe to the podcast. Mm. And if you want to get in touch with us, we are on Facebook at literally, what does that mean? Yeah. Or on Twitter, we're literal underscore podcast. And if you don't want to get in touch with us, please do tune in next week for another riveting podcast on another riveting topic. Mm, I mean, there's a lot of pop culture references that need explaining. And we will take them very literally. We will. Goodbye, folks. Au revoir.